We haven't even gotten to Bill Belichick yet. That news is yet to come out, but we are back with you in the fast lane. Someone who has a personal relationship with Nick Saban. Hey, maybe, you know, (laughs) Alabama coach Bill Belichick. Oh, my God. Could you imagine that? Just how he would handle the fanatic folks down there. As if New England and what it takes to run the New England media or manage it wasn't enough. That would be the second funniest hire. (laughs) Dabo's number one. Bill Belichick would be number two. Yes. Anyway, more on that momentarily and more perspective on all the coaching chaos and now college football as well as the pros with Amy Trask, former Raiders CEO, now an analyst for CBS Sports and a great podcast that has started over the last couple of months. What the football that is but more on that momentarily amy uh you tweeted out something at amy trask and we appreciate the shout out but uh mentioning that folks on the freeway need to remember that the left lane is for passing i will ask you this because i've listened to the podcast before i know you are a big fan of adopting dogs trey has adopted his dog my wife and i have my wife and i have four dogs three golden retrievers all adopted and a beagle pitbull mix who followed me home But I am anti-dog in the lap while driving because it is a hazard to the dog and to people on the road. Are you a dog in the lap person while driving? Well, first of all, let me tell you that I already love you both. I love you, I love you, I love you, and of course not in a weird or creepy way, but yay that you have rescued dogs. Now, as to the dogs in the lap, I will agree with you that the priority paramount importance when you are driving is safety. Safety for you, safety for others, safety for the dog. So if it is a situation in which it is unsafe or could be unsafe for you to have a dog in the lap, well, then you shouldn't because, you know, nobody wants to get in an accident because that could hurt the dog too, not to mention the people. And by the way, once when there was a cat in my car with me, of course, a rescue cat who decided to run under the brake pedal because I didn't have the cat in a secure place. And then I couldn't really slam on the brakes without hurting the cat. That was a problem. I've never done that again. There it is. You know, I, I like the love and conscience. If my dog sat in my lap while driving, I think I, I, I it would be bad news because he's too big. Trey's, Trey's dog would be the equivalent of like an offensive lineman sitting in your lap. It's a pretty big pit bull rescue. So. I know you guys want to dive into coaching, but I do want to say one thing since you're both animal rescue people. I did this this season for the second time. It was an absolute blast. On that other pregame show on CBS Sports Network, at the end of each show, we have to pick some games. And when I picked them wrong, I was getting so, so, so cranky to the point where my husband was looking at me and saying, Amy, it's a TV show. You're picking games. What are you so cranky about? And then we decided that for every wrong pick I make, we would make a donation to Animal Rescue. So I made that contribution today, and let's just say, Animal Rescue did very, very, very well for me being such a dum-dum. You know, we might have to adopt that for our votes of confidence projections, the way things have been trending. And uh, I would not. If I, I would, I'd go broke quick. Yeah, we, we, you know, the benefit, though, is those are tax deductible. You can just make a statement and, uh, you know. It yeah, but the problem is bit, tax deductible doesn't mean it's not. It, I don't get it back. And yeah. I need, you, it takes a while to get that money back. Anyway, um, Amy Trask is with us here in the Fast Lane. She is the host of the new podcast, You Negotiate Like a Girl. You hear her regularly on the Rich Eisen Show, which is on our network from noon to 3 p.m. weekday afternoons. And, of course, she's also the former Raiders CEO. When you see the coaching changes 
in the landscape of sports. Heck, let's just look at the last 24 to 48 hours. Saban retiring moments ago from Alabama. Pete Carroll is is stepping away into an advisory role with the Seahawks. Vrabel from Tennessee yesterday. The Washington Commanders are going through their changes. How much of this is is maybe the reality of the, the different structure from the coach being so in charge of the organization to a more multi-pronged approach in the world of football? I think it's a few things. When the salary cap was instituted a number of years ago, and I was in the league at the time when the salary cap came into play or you know was instituted, um, the initial reaction a number one of us has, a number of us had has come to pass, which is because there are now constraints on what a team can do vis-a-vis some player contracts, teams that are looking to make a change are going to sometimes turn to making a change at coaching, not necessarily because that is the right change or the smart change, but a team, whether ownership or management, that is thinking, we got to do something, we got to do something, if you're constrained by salary cap or cash limitations, because cash limitations play a role as well for many teams, then you want to do something, we want to do something, okay, let's make a change at head coach. And I think in some circumstances, that's a very, very bad decision. For, for many of those organizations, how do you parse down when it makes sense to make a coaching staff change and when it doesn't make sense? Well, I look at it in that manner, but in a slightly different way or, or stated differently. I state it differently by asking this. If you are going to make a change at head coach, you as an organization, again, whether ownership or management or both, had best first ask yourselves, and do what? If we make this change, and do what? If we fire our coach, and do what? And if your answer to and do what is not at a minimum as good as the status quo, and one would hope it would be better if you're making a change, then what the heck are you doing? So, you know, you mentioned Tennessee as an example. You also mentioned Seattle. Okay, you're getting rid of Vrabel. This year was challenging. It was tough. It wasn't great. But he has been a good coach in the past. Similarly with Pete Carroll, if you want to get rid of, move, change for Pete, change him into a different role, if you want to move those men out of a coaching role, either by firing them as Tennessee did or switching roles as Seattle did, and do what? Do you have a better answer? That's a very good question, one that you posed earlier as well on the latest edition of the What What the Football podcast that dropped about 24 hours ago as Amy Trask is with us here in the Fast Lane. She's also a CBS sports analyst and former Raiders CEO sharing that perspective. You mentioned the and do what part being a key cog to this. Obviously, in our backyard, we're based in Virginia. The Washington Commanders strike a lot of accord. We can get into whether it's right or wrong, but how much do do you sense that they had a real good and do what idea based on the fact that as soon as they dismissed Ron Rivera, they announced Rick Spielman, CBS colleague of yours, as well as Bob Myers, the former Golden State Warriors architect, that they would be part of the search team. And they seemingly already put out a list of GM and coach candidates that they would interview. I'm going to answer that in two respects, and I am going to answer your question because I think adding those two men to the process is a very, very good idea and speaks highly of Josh Harris. 
But I just want to take one moment to say of Ron Rivera um, that, you know, I do feel for him because for the three and a half years that he was coaching while Dan Snyder owned the team, he was able to spend only a very, very, very little amount of his time on coaching. He was holding that organization together. I've been saying that for years. He recently said something similar when he said, for three and a half years I've been managing for the last five weeks I've been coaching and it's fun to coach again. So I wish Ron all the very, very best. He'll be another terrific coach somewhere else, whether in the pros or in college, and I think he'd be a sensational college head coach. To your question, I do like that they brought those two men in. They know what they're doing. They have good perspectives, and I love that they have differing backgrounds and differing perspectives because that can help the search process as well. Amy, from that perspective for the commanders, um, when you have a couple of people in those roles – Analytics is a background. You've got advisors. How much does that rule out the likelihood of a candidate like if Pete Carroll were to want to go somewhere immediately? I know he's been deemed an advisor in Seattle for whatever that's worth. But uh, Mike Vrabel, who's clearly on the market. Bill Belichick's name has been mentioned. Jim Harbaugh's name has now been put out there of landing. How much more likely are those coaches to want to go somewhere where it's less of the structure Washington seems to be going because those coaches would want more control themselves? It's a great, great, great question. Um, as to Bill, I'm not sure that Bill is seeking at this point in his career to continue to have control over more than simply coaching. He might be willing to stay in New England in a revised role in which he simply coaches or to go somewhere else. Similarly with Pete, you know, you referenced analytics and analytics are certainly a tool, a tool that can be and in some regards should be used by teams. But it's just one tool. If you're going to build a house, are you going to rely on one tool? Are you only going to use a saw? Or might you use a hammer and a wrench and a screwdriver? And I think I'm sort of out of my limit of the number of tools I can name. But my point is about analytics. People get so angry if you suggest that analytics should not be the only tool that is used. So to answer your question, I think the coaches that you've named have to understand, as do the people hiring, is analytics going to be one of the tools a team uses? If so, terrific. Is it going to be the sole tool, as was the case in Cleveland for a while until they made some changes? That's a different story. Amy, you brought up the Pandora's box of analytics, and obviously that's one of the topics you cover when you're commenting. It's favorite thing. I mean, look, I'm not opposed to analytics. I just it needs to be in context. It shouldn't just be the Bible of analytics or you know the book of whatever. You know, if you've got a different religious book out there, please, by all means, we respect that too. Here in the fast lane, but um, you mentioned the analytics angle to to where we are right now. How do you balance that with the fact that, especially in a fo- sport like football, with the physical toll it takes mm-hmm. over a season, mm-hmm. there's an emotional quotient out there that you have to be able to understand, but it's almost impossible to statistically quantify. I, uh, I wish I could jump through this phone line and give you a hug because you just expressed that magnificently. I don't believe I can express it any better than you did. Analytics can help. Analytics is not the only tool one should rely upon. Analytics is not going to adjust for an icy surface. Analytics is not going to adjust for when you're on the road playing in a hostile road environment where your quarterback can't even hear the signals, where your offensive lineman can't even hear 
what your quarterback is saying. In other words, analytics offers a lot of information. Terrific. Use it. But don't use it to the, to the, you know, to the point where you're not using anything else. Football is a game of emotion. It's a game of momentum. And that's got to be factored in as well. And I know that right now the people who are analytics only, analytics only, analytics only, only, their brains are probably exploding. And your Twitter feed and my Twitter feed are going to be filled with, sorry, excuse me, our X feeds are going (laughs) to be filled with those notes. But analytics, is it valuable? Can it be used? Of course. Is it all that should be used? Absolutely not. Amy Trask, that is her Twitter or X feed, if that's what you want to call it. We are at Fast Lane, Ed Lane, and Trey Lyle VT on our socials. Amy, last one for you, and we do appreciate your time. When we look back on this coaching hire, especially the fact that this process now by the NFL's own measures, more deliberate than it's been in prior years, will we sit there and be able to say, this has changed coaching hires for the better because they are more thought out? Or will we still be sitting there going, there's a major flaw in how a lot of these organizations hire as evidenced by quick turnover? Well, I think the flaw is based upon the way hiring is done, the schedule. I don't think anybody should be allowed to interview anyone who's working for a team in the playoffs until after the Super Bowl. Frankly, when I think it through, I don't think there should be any interviewing of anybody until after the Super Bowl because teams that are in the playoffs are at a disadvantage in that regard. Individuals who work for those teams are at a disadvantage. Why not push it all until after the Super Bowl? And then you know what? If you have to push free agency back a week or two and the draft back a week or two, who cares? Push it back. But I think the answer to your question is there are going to be some bumbles and stumbles, if you will, because people are rushing to do this in the time permitted and before other teams. They want to get there first. I think everything should be pushed off. Amy, if you're okay, we'll ask one quick follow-up on that, and that is you mentioned the idea of pushing all this back. How likely is that given that if you push everything back, which means the pushing of free agency back and the pushing of the draft back and the pushing of organization, organized team activities closer to the start of training camp, this gets the NFL closer to a 12-month-a-year calendar, which means more money and more attention for a league that is always ambitious in that regard. Well, first of all, you can ask me as many questions as you want because I am having fun with you guys. I appreciate that you're having me on, and this is a fun conversation. So you can ask as much as you want. And to your question, you're absolutely right. This is a league that really is almost 12 months a year. I don't think the league, and by the way, I spent almost 30 minutes, 30 minutes, 30 years in the league attending owners meetings. So I feel very confident telling you additional attention on the league is not going to bother a lot of people. Now, it may bother the coaches. It may bother some people who would like a breath, but it certainly is not going to bother those who own the teams and those who are in charge. Amy Trask with us in the fast lane. Amy, we will save something for next time if you would be gracious enough to join us. In the meantime, we will keep up with you at Amy Trask on Twitter. Listen to What the Football, your newest podcast, which we're very excited is out. And of course, hear you on the Rich Eisen Show, noon to three on our Virginia Talk Radio Network platforms when you make your appearances there. And wish you all the best, including much love from your rescue pups. Well, thank you very, very much for having me. As I said, we're already best friends because not only did we share a wonderful conversation and did you have me on your show, 
We all rescue animals, so I'll join you anytime you wish. Lovely. Amy Trask with us here in the Fast Lane, warming our hearts almost like our very warm studio because you care about what Trey and I are enjoying. It's a sauna. Let's, <laughs> let's get correct. It it's is, a sauna. It, it is helping us with our New Year's Sh- resolution shout weight out, loss goals. Shout out to the sign shop who controls the thermostat who I obviously their their shop is open air so they have to have it cranked up all the way but unfortunately someone who works in the room where it's also controlled all day I, I mean, I wear shorts and it, I'm wearing shorts because I wear shorts to work now because it's so hot. It, it is. It is. It's just like that. In the meantime, when we return in the fast lane, we'll pivot over to college basketball, looking at some tech and UVA action and the big one tomorrow night on the VTR and Roanoke app as well. Radford at Longwood. All of that's still to come. This is the fast lane.